Hey everyone, my name is Brett Howe and I am an athlete mindset and life coach. I'm a former dual sport ACAC athlete playing both hockey and soccer at the college level. I am now mom of four, entrepreneur and founder of AMP Coaching. AMP Intermission Podcast shares top-notch conversations with some of the most inspirational people around. I speak with those from top performing past and present athletes, coaches, to sport parents, and everyone in between. In sharing stories from adversity to triumph, this podcast will inspire athletes to follow their own genuine path to fulfillment in life and in sport. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. intermission podcast oh my goodness 25 episodes honestly I do not feel like it's been that long it feels like just the other day I was sitting there facing all those fears all those insecurities and recording and releasing my first ever episode of amp intermission podcast and now here I am today and all I can do is look back with gratitude for facing those fears because I have built some amazing connections some lifelong friendships and had incredible conversations along the way And this next guest is no different. She does not disappoint. Her and I talked on all things female cycle, the developmental stages, and really as a female, getting to know and understand your body so that it can be used as a superpower in your competition, in your training, and in all aspects of your sport. So I hope you enjoy this. And without further ado, I'm going to introduce Katie Dirksen with Long Game Fitness. Now, Katie is a wife and a mom to three girls. She's a past competitive gymnast, which we talk about those similarities and differences. And she's a current strength training and trail running enthusiast. She's completed, competed in three ultra marathons, guys. Come on. Like, that is incredible. Now, in 2011, she moved to Southern Alberta for a teaching job. She met and married her husband, and they created a family. Through those pregnancies and postpartum, she became so frustrated with those lack of answers she was given by healthcare providers and what was truly safe and encouraged as far as exercising during each stage. So she found those answers by taking it into her own hands and studying pregnancy and postpartum athleticism course and soon completed her personal training certification in order to help support women through those stages through every age and ability with the consideration to core and pelvic floor health and function. She has also taken the WellHQ's Female Body Puberty course, which has been valuable in programming for young girls as they continue in their sport. She offers exercise classes, education, workout combo classes, virtual consultations, home workout programming, speaking events, man, the list goes on. And in 2023, she partnered with Jamie to create Girls Who Lead, a program developed to build confidence in leadership and movement for girls ages 6 to 12 in the county of Newell. They do this through extracurricular sessions, school programming sessions, summer camps, parent caregiver sessions to really support keeping girls in sports and movement activities as they enter puberty. Now you can find her at Long Game Fitness on Instagram. Sorry, that is at long.game.fitness. Her Facebook Long Game Fitness and her website www.longgamefitness.com. I will put those in the show notes. Man, I hope you enjoy this episode. What a great one it was with so much insight. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. You know, for you and I enjoyed when Katie and Dirksen to share her experience in her fitness training. She works with postpartum and she works with young girls in that age group of six to twelve. And we are gonna talk a lot about the elite 
but also the recreational level performance and the training aspects and the differences we notice and correlation in female athletes and just females in general. So Katie, I just want to thank you so much for connecting and for joining me today. What I want to get started with is let's just go in and talk about your experience in the sport fitness field. All right. Thanks for having me. It's been kind of fun to watch over social media, how you're connecting with your community and, and the work that you do. So I grew up in Cranbrook, BC, mostly. I started gymnastics around the age of eight and absolutely fell in love with it. So while my skill set was not elite, I really fell into that work ethic and always considered myself an athlete. So I did competitive gymnastics all the way through until I graduated high school. I started coaching gymnastics at age 30. Had tons of different coaching um, experiences, both being coached myself and coaching others. As I graduated high school, I took up running as a way to kind of get some of that energy out and keep a routine in place and love trail running. I kind of tend to go towards the longer distances because I'm really short and and can kind of go go that distance rather than for speed. So I, I enjoy running. It's harder in my stage of motherhood right now because my kids are at an age where they're not quite consistent enough on a bike to keep up or to kind of fulfill the, the need for the miles if they're out of strollers. So I do that. I took up strength training in between my pregnancies, I would say, and fell in love with that and feeling strong in a totally different way. So I, I think I consider myself a lifelong athlete, though not elite, but it's extremely central and meaningful to me. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that because I can relate to so much of that. You know, when our, when we leave our sport, we still hold on hold onto that competitive edge, right? And we need to channel that somewhere. And I found that too, it's, I no longer had the hockey aspect and yeah, I tried to play like maybe the rec league, but it just wasn't fulfilling that real drive that I had and it allowed me to find and explore and like I think it has done with you as it's for the things that are really interesting to you and now I'm really into the strength training and you know the sprinting and running was a huge part of my life after hockey just to like alleviate some of the stress and let my mind get central and focused and being a gymnast obviously share with me was that did you have team aspects to it or was it more of an individualized sport? I've never been, I'm not very flexible. <laughs> oh, I've never been in the gymnast mode, but uh, I would love to know from your aspect, was there a team part of that environment that you had to pull into the sport? Absolutely. This is where I was kind of excited to talk to you because our experiences are so opposite in so many ways. So gymnastics, I would consider an individual sport, but also there's absolutely a team aspect. Um, you're continually training with your group of people. Um, I had the same training partner for years and years. We were kind of at the same level. The gym that I came from was really special in that their competitive program, we did some really central parts of our training all together. So little kiddos that were in competitive all the way up to us, 17, 18 year olds, all did our warm up and our conditioning piece together. Our training sessions were four hours long four days a week when I quit. I think it's become more intense since then. So we spent a ton of time together. And I think when we can talk about this later when it comes to girls who lead programming, but that peer aspect and support was huge. 
So we were familiar with the little guides. They were familiar with us as the older crew. And that team aspect was something special for sure. Yeah, I can definitely see the correlation. And, you know, as different as it is in the actual com- competition part of gymnastics being the individualized, when you actually go and take the floor and go for, you know, the title versus the hockey side, the training aspects seem extremely similar in the transferable life skills you, you really take away, right? From discipline to teamwork to leadership. Time management clearly is a big one when you're putting in four hours a day. And I can relate to that training. There's all those aspects that it's awesome to talk to another athlete, regardless of what sport you went down, because there's both skills and qualities you see in athletes. And I actually talked to my friend who's in the HR side of the hotel management industry. And she says, you can see the people who come out as athletes and this different, like, this different quality they bring that is not as common in people who have never had any athletic experience, have never had any teamwork experience. So I think as different as the individualized sport is, we definitely share some similarities probably in our background of the training aspects, right? And what goes into, you know, sounds competitive to me on my end for your gymnastics. So thanks for sharing that. For sure. So what made you get into, you know, you obviously have a passion for it, but I would love for you to share Um, with the audience, what you do today and what kind of made you go down that road? Sure. So I actually am a teacher as well. I ended up moving to Southern Alberta for a teaching job. I was teaching kindergarten for about five years total. I'm kind of in between our kiddos as well. Um, And I think what drives me back to loving all of that stuff, it feels very full circle what I'm doing right now is because kindergarten to me is very physical, it's hands-on, it's that foundational level of development. And what I do now in working with women through their most vulnerable stages in their life. And so I consider that puberty, pregnancy, postpartum, perimenopause, menopause, working with women at that level where we're kind of at ground zero in a way, those foundational pieces, just building them up so that they can keep getting stronger and better and more efficient. Yeah, I love what you said, how you come in at certain aspects of like big changes in our life, because I see it too in the ages I work with. Like I'm in the U15 group for female hockey, kind of my youngest, so 13 years old, up until 25 is my oldest client. And just seeing the differences in those females in their development and even you know, you're seeing the fitness side of things, the physical side, and I get to see the mindset and how the social pressures start to increase and come into play as they get older. And then they're in college and they have the impact of the social pressures. Now you're trying to rewrite that subconscious programming. So it's really unique how, you know, you see the physical aspects, which I would love to talk about is physical aspects of females who are coming into puberty and how how do you navigate through, because so many of my athletes don't recognize their cycles and you see that. I would love to get your perspective. If you can give some feedbacks of insight as to the female cycles and how to navigate through, like when you push, when you pull back, when you are in those phases, if you have any insight to that, I would love to hear that, Katie. For sure. And I guess I'll just, I'll ask for grace on this one because this is an area where I'm just starting to go into. And at this point, mostly talking with parents and caregivers because it takes time to develop those conversations with girls themselves. 
you need to get to a really comfortable point in that. So the goal is to eventually be talking to teams and um, individuals if that's what they wish. But at this point, my conversations are with caregivers and helping them support their own girls or their, their athletes. So our research for women in sport all around is quite limited. It's coming, but so far we don't have a whole ton of research that's been done on women necessarily. What there is floating around a lot of right now is training for your cycle. And one thing that I'd really like to make very clear, especially when you're talking about competitive athletes, is there is no point in your cycle where you cannot absolutely perform at your best. You can always reach that high point of performance. Where I would try to be supportive of younger athletes is making sure that they know about their cycle. And I think if we, the more information that we have, the the more we can utilize it. If we think about tracking our cycle throughout our entire lifespan, if we can, we've got 40 years of data. So those vulnerable stages don't hit nearly so hard when we understand what's happening. So knowing that our cycle, our periods are incredibly important, not just for reproductive purposes, but for a multitude of reasons. Some people call the cycle the fifth vital side. So we know if we've got our cycle, it's steady, it's consistent, our body is thriving in a, and in a good place. When we're working with younger athletes, teenage athletes, what we want to keep on top of and, and make it really clear to them is, can you track your cycle? Hey, um, is it coming consistently? In the first year of our cycle, it can be really up and down, but then we do want to see it level out. So for girls to first start by just getting in the habit of tracking when it starts every month and how long that cycle is. Is it 28 days? Is it going up to 40 days in between? Then we want to start asking some more questions. Are they not getting it till 16 or over? Then we want to ask questions too. And the questions that we start by asking are, you know, do you have symptoms that are hard to manage? Some of those might be cramps, bloating, indigestion, like gut symptoms that are going on. Clumsiness can be one that really plays a part. And we don't, again, don't know exactly what's going on there, but there are points in our cycle when we have a lot of get up and go. Typically, that first week when we're actually in our period cycle, that week leading up to ovulation after that, then we've got more of a drive. Then as we're on the other half of our cycle and leading up to the actual, the end point, we can feel slower, more sluggish, maybe not quite as motivated. So it's really a matter of your girls tracking for themselves and getting used to gathering data at a level that's comfortable for them. They can do that on a paper calendar. Our phones have great apps that can do it. If you wear a watch, you can often program that in there. Just check off. Has it got that predicted day right? And in that way, we can start to support and recognize and then plan our training. Are we going to go super hard when we're feeling awful? Well, if we're going to risk injury, maybe that's a day where you can get to a point where you have a conversation with your coach and say, look, this 
isn't going to be beneficial, I'll do my best. But can we pull it back a little bit? We're, I'm feeling awful cramps today. Do you mind if I go over here and still get some movement in? But can I start by some active stretching and something more dynamic or yoga style that'll take that pressure down before we start to get going? Katie, this is, I know you said give you grace, but like this is incredible information, okay? Because it's something that I just started to become in tune with as well. Like I spent my entire college career being completely naive. And like I said, there wasn't a ton of talk around this, right? And it's something that we have to talk about because I even look at it from a mind perspective, right? Um, you know, I have athletes who might struggle with feeling like sadness in certain points or even to the point of depression. And what I've been encouraging them because I've got to know my body. I spent my entire college career having, I could not tell you when I was in my cycle. I had no idea. Because it was something that I didn't even acknowledge. I didn't know that my performance, yes, it could still be at its level. We talk about that. But I didn't know that it would be harder. I didn't know that I would have to lift lower weights, maybe. And you talked about those phases of the drive is going to intensify in certain aspects of your cycle. And I learned about this too, like your creativity when it comes to what I do is putting out content. Maybe my creativity is going to be way higher in certain times of the month. And then there's going to be times where it's like, do I actually have to do this today? Like I have no drive energy to do this, right? So what I try with my athletes is, and it, it is that awkward stage of, you know, some have had that experience of having their period and some have it and trying to start off right off the bat. Hey, get to know your body. Everyone's body is different, but the more we understand about our bodies, the more we can utilize tools. We can bring in tools so that we can actually perform our best. And I get them to track it, like whether it's like you said, there's apps on your phone. And on one step further, I say, hey, rate your energy every single day. And beside that energy, put an asterisk or a star beside the days that you're on your period. And you'll start to learn your body and know when you're at a higher energy level, maybe when you're at more creativity, more drive. And it just allows you to now plan your training around that. If you have a goal to play elite level any sport, you want to be able to track your cycle so you know when to hit your peak performance. So I think this is great information and thank you so much for sharing that. Absolutely. Yeah. And and one other thing that I'm sure you play into with your athletes is uh, low energy availability and relative energy deficiency. So this is where we start getting lots of blocks in between or our period gets inconsistent or it gets longer in duration. Um, when we start seeing changes like that or a lack of period at all, we need to start looking also at whether your athletes are eating enough, which is an incredibly common thing that women and girls are under eating. And this can be intentional or not at all. It can be one of your girls that's kind of the kid that's always rushing in the door, right? They're They've got a banana thrown to the bottom of their backpack. And, you know, by the time they get to training, it's squashed and nobody's going to eat it. it. We need to pay attention to that because as women at the age that we are at and older, we've been working out for an entirely different reason most of the time. Our athletes now, our young athletes, have this, this whole world ahead of them where they can have the very best tools and good research and really see women's cycles as something to be celebrated and to work alongside because it really is a bit of a superpower if you can understand that 
you can you could really push and and understand for a lifetime of movement and fitness rather than just kind of feeling like having a down day or you know that's we're gonna take everything for the day right totally katie and you said the word superpower and that's so true you can use the knowledge of your cycle as a competitive advantage when you were trying to fight for that spot in whatever sport you're pursuing whatever level you can use your knowledge to navigate through that and use it to your competitive advantage right so thanks for sharing that and another thing i just like can you throw out so you talk about if you're getting irregular periods or anything along those lines having that low energy can you provide i know the answer but can you provide some tools in which females can ensure they're getting the proper nutrition is it pre-planning is it packing certain things having you know something in the vehicle or whatever it might be can you provide some tools that you would suggest to make sure we're getting that nutritional value so that where our energy is consistent where it needs to be for sure and i think between parents and caregivers and coaches you know your athlete the best right you know their personality and the age they're at right maybe they take on a little more responsibility as they get older maybe they are that responsible kid right from the get-go but what works for them do they need help at the grocery store collecting a few things that work for them do you want to package it up beforehand and throw it in the bag do you have a bag that's consistently in their their uh, training bag just making sure that they have an availability of it and if it takes a little bit of hand holding at first to get that routine into place i would say that that's fair game um, and another suggestion that I had heard um, in the course that I had taken about all of this is make it a team event. Can you get together, even if it's over Zoom, everybody goes to a grocery store and picks up, coach sends out a recipe. You know, if you can't get together, everybody collects a few little things for pasta and, you know, throws in the tomatoes and you get together and you cook over Zoom or everybody brings something and you get together and make a really good, like, pre-game dinner the night before like how do you support your athletes uh, at all levels to set the foundation there yeah that's an incredibly good idea i I really like that zoom kind of a cook-off to ensure your athletes are fueling themselves in the right way as well um i'm gonna shift gears here a little bit uh because i know you have three girls of your own and i'm a mom as well i have four little ones i want to ask a bit about them where their extracurricular goals, I know they're younger, and maybe what you deem as really important for to like foster into their lives every day as as maybe young developing athletes. We've talked about this a bit about steering the steering them into like one particular sport, and maybe why we feel let's put them in everything and let's see what sticks. So I'd love to know your perspective on how you navigate through that with your family, with your girls, and what you encourage for them. For sure. So I guess. As somebody who feels deeply as an athlete, I want my kids to find something that they fall into and absolutely love, but I'm also okay to be patient with it. So we live quite rural. And so the options for things aren't always what they are in a city. So there is a lot of driving involved. And with three, we got to navigate that. My husband farms, so he's not always off the clock to be driving around. So right now we kind of try and do a balance of what's available. My middle daughter, who is six, is in gymnastics right now. They've all done gymnastics 
that would be one wish I have for every kid at like a preschool level, get them into a gym just to get that sense of awareness where they are in space in relation to other people and, and equipment, learn how to fall, which is a huge thing I want for my kids for life. So we've done gymnastics. We've run outdoor spring soccer. We take them skating a lot. Our little rural school has a rink behind it, actually. So that makes it really, really nice. Um, my kids also do violin, all three of them. So their music lessons is right across from the rink in the next town. So I trained them off as they have a lesson in size seats. And so that's been really good recently. And the other thing that we tend to do is I strength train at home. I don't go to a gym typically. And so they're always welcome to join. They're always welcome to make up a workout. Our equipment stays out in our living room often or in the mudroom. They choose on their own to go and use it. And one thing I'm really excited about with my oldest is she's not at this point fallen for any one sport, but she is enjoying running. So we'll try and run together more so in this in the summer and spring. But I'm excited to see where that goes. Just having that sort of peer and that team aspect, just that relationship piece, different way to get to know one another too. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. A couple of things you said still and it's really unique because I think it's important and kind of going off topic, but it's important for our kids to see us as parents taking care of ourselves physically, emotionally, mentally, and those things that we do, right? So I actually, my kids played hockey here at the local rink. Our gym is there and they'll come into the gym with me and they'll look and they'll watch and they'll ask questions. And it sounds like you do a very similar parenting and I'm going to show you what I believe to be best for my health. And you guys can ask the questions and test the waters as well. So I think that's really, really crucial and important. And it sounds like you kind of, yeah, throw your kids in. You don't have as much opportunity as you would in a city, but you put them in what you have capacity for. Why do you think it's important at young ages to not just make them play one sport? Like, hey, you're going all in in hockey, even if they love it. It's important to me for them to always like channel different areas, trying things. But why do you think that's important for you? I think if we we look at our most accomplished athletes, we see that they're diversified in their experiences in sport. And I think the same. I mean, what could be worse? Like, we want to be well-rounded, right? And being able to move in different patterns is a really important life skill. And I, I would say, again, I want my kids to, to know how to fall on the ground, in the water, on the snow, on the ice. I want them to be able to stand up, get up, get themselves out of um, any sort of movement pattern or, or to just move in a way that's safe and functional. And I think being diverse in that is the way to do that. And and as far as putting kids into one sport, even if they love it and kind of just putting them into that and keeping them in that only, you can speak to this more, but um, hockey seems to be one of those things that is more and more intense as time goes on. Um, I have nephews that play hockey and it's amazing how much time and effort is put in at an extremely young age. And it's it's hard to know, not that a lot of hockey is a bad thing, but 
it's we have a kiddo that at a very young age is identifying as only being a goalie or only being a forward. What kind of movement patterns are we missing out on? And when we hit puberty, especially for girls, boys tend to get bigger and stronger and faster. Girls have a bit of a lull there before we see their true potential. But if we've set up a girl as only a goalie or only a setter in volleyball, and then they have a massive growth spurt, have we set them back unintentionally? What if they're not really a goalie at the other end of that big life change? So I think supporting strength across every single rule and being diverse is a really good foundation to set our kids up. Yeah, that was a great follow into that question I have, like going all in on one sport, we kind of talked about that, and then all in on a position and you hit the nail on the head. I actually just had this conversation on my last guest episode about how much there is in sport right now, especially in hockey. I hone in on hockey because that's what I know about it. It's like at such a young age, there's spring rookie, there's summer rookie, there's camps, there's conditioning. And sometimes it's like, how if we're steering our kids just down there, what other aspects of life are they missing out on? And in order for an athlete to be successful, what I see some of the struggles is hockey's all they know. It's their identity. And they don't identify as like, hey, my name's Brett and I also get to play hockey. It's I'm Brett, I'm a hockey player. And that was one of the hardest things I had to go through when my hockey career was over is like, who am I? And I'm lost without my game. And I see that in so many athletes. I see the trend happening, right? We're pushing them, pushing them, pushing them. And yeah, they might be steering that shit because they're so excited. But then we see a burnout as we hit a certain level. We see a burnout and some fall off completely. Others just hold on to that identity. And then you see them and it's like really heartbreaking because they've lost the love of the game and they're scared of what's out there after the game. So I see that trend and it starts at such a young age right now. And on the flip side of being a coach in a U9 age division of female hockey, I can see certain athletes gravitate towards defense. My daughter, for instance, is like really, she's quite a, a big, sturdy girl and she's honed in on the defense and she likes it. But I'm like, I don't want you to just be there from U9 onwards for as long as you might play. Because what if you, like you said, you hit puberty, you change, you adjust. Even the difference in mindset, you know, defense versus forwards can be different, right? So really trying to get them to try out different positions is crucial. And I think it's important for coaches to acknowledge that too, is, hey, let's give everyone a shot at something and continue that through puberty too, to see when they change. And when we see them change, let's try and try out a new position as well. So I think you kind of agree with that, or if you have any more input, I'd love to hear that as well. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And and the other kind of really practical side of it is that we tend to coach girls often in the same way that we coach boys. And we're not the same. There's been, there was a really good graphic that I should send you later, but we use it for a girl to be planning. And it talks about how boys, when they're engaging in something, they go from performance to effort and then accept. Um, whereas girls are flipped. If girls aren't feeling accepted socially, they're not going to put in the effort. And without the effort, we don't see the performance. So keeping our coaching 
no matter what the role is in being accepted and trying all of the different roles and feeling like you're really putting in effort and performing is really key. And the other thing is that without that piece, we also do see a lot more injury in, in girls. And so again, trying those different ranges of motion and movement patterns that different roles will play out can really help alleviate some of those injuries that happen later on that can be really devastating for growth. It's cool. Yeah, I would love that diagram that you actually talked about here because that is, I'm just reflecting on, you know, past coaches I had and male coaches. There are some incredible male coaches that coach the female game. And sometimes I feel you have certain personalities where you need that, that authoritative, that masculine energy presented in a female dress here. I, I agree with that because I've had some incredible male coaches, but there is one aspect that they have to, it's almost like I would encourage an elite level male head coach to be really aware of that, the differences, right? And the dynamics of females so that they get to know that not every athlete is coached the same. There is those differences between females and athletes. And exactly, I've seen it in females like that social acceptance is it's huge, right? And that effort won't be there without that. And yeah, I think that's probably why they push for female coaches in the female divisions as well is from that experience and having that perspective, that feminine energy presented in the dressing room, coaching our athletes as well. So that's a really important piece. And thanks so much for sharing that. While we're on talking about, you know, the society and the impacts, we'd love to know if there's other areas of society today that you see impacting our athletes it can be elite level or recreational athletes is there anything in the social realm that you see as like really impacting their performance i i think things are changing a little bit if we look at women in fitness on the pregnancy postpartum side like we're seeing more women working out through pregnancy that's being becoming more accepted the information is kind of it's coming out i think i mean we tend to live in a bit of a silo right when we're really interested in something. For girls, I think those those social media, that image piece, that body confidence. And again, I think the more that we know, the more we can manage that. More information doesn't have to be a scary thing. It doesn't have to be a bad thing. But helping girls navigate and kind of streamline, curate that, that information coming in can be really helpful as they, as they progress in sports and in life in general. Yeah. I see those social media pressures, but one thing I'm noticing is a trend is this like awareness to it now. Right. And us as coaches, yourself, me being able to recognize this is what you're hearing from the outside sources. This is the social media feelings. You're like, that's what's being portrayed to you, but let's recognize that and let's identify it and then work through it. So I think it's really crucial for us to be aware. Maybe when our youth can't be aware, they haven't grasped it yet. And like you said, a lot of information isn't necessarily about it. It's it, using it in the right way that it's going to benefit us, right? So just being intentional and being able to like catch on to the social media pressures, any of the social outside pressures that we're feeling and being able to help girls navigate that as well. Even males need the navigation you've helped in that there's a lot of comparison out there, right? When we have that social media presence is having people compare themselves, their body image, their performance to others around them. 
Really. And I think just teaching them that we don't ever know the full story, right? You, you know, your own story and that's about it. And social media is one of those things where we don't have the opportunity to ask more often. So we, we take it as it is and with a grain of salt and, and then go from there. Yeah. Not everything is as it is, as you see on social media, right? So it's about weeding through that authenticity for sure. As I close up here, Katie, I have loved this. I could talk to you more and more about cycles and everything that we're jamming on with. I would love to know, do you have a favorite quote that you kind of live by or that's always really prevalent in your life? I couldn't think of a specific quote, but one thing that really stands out in my head as I'm working off it is brick by brick. We build our foundation so that we can keep it for life. We just kind of build helter-skelter or too big of bricks that we our foundation really isn't there, right? And that goes for so many things, whether it's fitness or nutrition or, you know, faith, whatever you want to want to apply it to. Yeah, I just, I encourage my clients and the girls, don't take too big of a step, just one little thing at a time. And, you know, if something doesn't go right, there'll be more opportunities and, and maybe an even better one or something with the right timing. So, just not getting too wrapped up in, in the now with really planning and steadily, consistently working for the future. Yeah, I this is really good for the last days to take that into account too. You need that further foundation, right? Whether it's what you fuel your body with, the fitness side of things, the mindset, you need to develop that foundation and then you build. And so often we have this like, end goal but there's so many tiny steps to take to get there and so many bricks to lay as you mentioned to get there and the challenges that you face are only those opportunities for growth i say it all the time so those challenges those losses some rate call them that's just your opportunity to grow that much more and build that foundation so i appreciate that that quote and sharing that analogy of how to think about life and your goals so i appreciate that and as we wrap up, I just want you to share with me one person or maybe someone in the industry or someone that you grew up alongside who has been really transformative in your journey, whether in life, in sport, whatever it might be. Sure. I think the one person that comes to mind first is my husband, who's who's been incredibly supportive of taking a different path in career and just saying, go for it. And this is too good to sit on yourself just go and do something with it and then I had some really incredible coaches starting in grade 10 so that was really formative tough years we had some really tricky experiences with coaches before that but it was the husband and wife partner that came in he had only ever coached men's gymnastics so we I'm sure gave him a run for his money that was first that first year but they really taught me that the athlete in front of you is not just a set of skills or abilities. They looked at our entire whole selves as athletes, as people that they were working with. They dealt with us on navigating tricky situations in the relationships in the gym, down to what's hurting today, how are you feeling, down to those little nutrition pieces of, hey, maybe a full bowl of rice isn't the greatest thing to eat right before you practice kind of thing that, you know, we don't get touched on in education often, but really Gary and Michelle Riggs at Key City Gymnastics were really, really influential in helping me see that coaches should be looking at the whole person in front of them. Their athletes are 
more than just the skills that they present. Yeah, that is that is huge when you can have a coach that impacts you. And I say it lots. I think that sport is so much more about the life skills that you take away from it than just, you know, that championship or that gold medal, whatever it might be. And when you can find a coach, you can recognize that and develop you as a person rather than you as just the athlete you are. It goes a long way to make their impact. And I don't know how you feel about one of my main things as a coach that I do today in the mindset coaching is to make a difference. And I want to make an impact on people's lives that helps them for the future, whether it is that it's in their hockey career or maybe it's in their life. It's got to be something that they can take with them forever. So you know, being a coach that can make that that footprint on someone is is huge. And I'm sure you echo that as well. And what you do, you have to have a passion to have your own business, right? Yeah, yeah, I hope so. <laughs> hey, well, I just want to thank you so much for being here. Now is your time to just, we'll put it in the notes as well, but where people can find you or anything you'd like to add before we wrap up. And um, yeah, yeah, where people can find me, we'll see. For sure. So my company is called Long Game Fitness. You can find me on Instagram at long.game.fitness. I try and share as much info as I can. Educational about pregnancy, postpartum, working out throughout those stages. And also that's where I share about our Girls Who Lead program, where we're building confidence and leadership movement for girls 6 to 12 in the county of Newell. We also have a Facebook page long game fitness or our website www.longgamefitness.com awesome well thank you so much katie it has been a pleasure talking to you and getting to know you a little bit better so thanks for being here and looking forward to connecting again real soon thanks so much brett